Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the Brown Bag APAC. Uh, today we're going to go through building a Hyper-V cluster with Pravesh Khanna. Uh, Pravesh, just want to quickly say hello. Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon or good evening wherever you are in the world. Welcome aboard. So just before we jump into it and flick across to Pravesh's screen for the presentation, just we'll go through a couple of quick notes. So if you want to see what V Brownbag's up to, we're available by a few different Twitter handles as listed there. Uh, the one for covering APAC will, comes under the standard V Brownbag. You can also follow whatever we're doing with the hashtag, hashtag V Brownbag. And we have a few different... Uh, a few different podcasts each week. So we have the APAC one, EMEA, LATAM, and the US. So each one sort of has their own different content. So if you want to see what else we're doing, you can jump onto those. They're also all available through our YouTube channel and on professionalvmware.com. And I'm your host, Brett Johnson, and I can be found at brettjohnson008 on Twitter. So Profesh, if you're ready, I'll flick to your screen. Thanks, Brett. I am ready to go. Let me... Once you make me a presenter, I'll flip all my screens. And I can see it. Perfect. I will show Give me one second. All right. Everyone able to see my screen now? Yep, that's just come up. Perfect. Hello, guys. My name is Brett. Actually, Prabesh. Uh, wrong screen. You got your presenter mode up. Oops, the wrong one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the right one. How's this one? Any better? Uh, still your slideshow. And this one. I got three different ones. Uh, drop <laughs> there down. we go. Do actually change the screen. Yep. Much better. Okay. Cool. Yep. Okay. Oh, Hello, everyone. As Brett said, my name is Prabesh Khanna. You can follow me on my blog at it-ninja.com.au and on Twitter at PraveshK2012. I actively write about a lot of Microsoft and VMware technologies on my blog. And you can follow on my previous vBrownback sessions on my blog as well. Just as a reminder, um, the previous vBrownback sessions that I had were on the 7409 server virtualization exam from Microsoft. And they are available on iTunes or the Brownback website or via my portal um, on it-ninja.com. And here is a link just in case you need it. Today's session is all about creating clusters using Microsoft Hyper-V Virtual Machine Manager or SCVMM. This is targeted towards the IT pros rather than just generalists. Um, it is based on Windows Server 2012 R2 on System Center Virtual Machine Manager 2012 R2 and on Hyper-V. And so there is uh, some familiarity is expected with all of these technologies as well as handling Windows failover clustering. So creating it from scratch is kind of expected. I will go into some details, but obviously due to that limitation of time, I cannot go into everything, every bit of detail. Feel free to ask for any questions in the meanwhile. Um, I'm happy to answer them as much as I could. Otherwise, I can always find the answers for you if I don't know them and get back to you by one of the means. Um, here is a quick checklist that I have uh, come across the, on creating a Hyper-V cluster. 
what I have also done is if I quickly flip over to the screen on the other side, which I have documented for you, containing um, a high-level checklist on, on creating a Hyper-V cluster. This is not a very comprehensive list, but should give you enough information to get started. Before you start, obviously, your physical environment, the design is very critical. You need to make sure that your physical environment, according to your, I'm sorry, including your switches, your physical servers, your BIOS on your hosts, um, your SAN configuration, your storage, your connecting cables, all of those are ready. Your host, the, the servers that actually would be hosting the, um, the physical cluster nodes would have the visualization enabled within BIOS. I have come across multiple scenarios where they were deploying tens of hosts or hundreds of hosts and one or two hosts were missed out because someone forgot to check that little um, box within BIOS. So please don't go and double check that before you start. Make sure you're running the latest BIOS and firmware details for your particular hardware, Dell, HP, or whichever one it is. Make sure you have clearly documented all those settings and set up as the baseline. This way you can always go back and refer to them if required later on. And other important thing, always perform stress or burn-in tests. Usually this is performed for CPU and memory. Um, and the, the reason we do it is because um, quite often, even in today's date, we may get like faulty chip out of so many that you're deploying with a new environment and you don't want to get caught out while you're running your, your workload on it. You want to just run, you know, catch those, those um, faulty bits beforehand. The second part of it is the actual logical design. Make sure you have the determine the, the names. You have set up a standard for your name and IP address um, segmentations and things like that. It's always good to have a separate management network to the workload, so you do not, any outages to the workload does not affect the management network and vice versa. If you're using SAN or iSCSI network, make sure that is separate to rest of it. So, because obviously if um, SAN, if you're using iSCSI network, that is a traffic heavy um, um, network and it should not affect your existing cluster or the workload. If possible, um, keep your cluster network on a separate network altogether. And same goes for your live migration. Because live migration is, which is the equivalent of, um, um, now I'm blank, um, of vMotion within, within uh, VMware. Um, if you're using uh, live migration, which most of, otherwise what's the benefit of using virtualization technology, make sure that is on a separate network. So it does not, when, when uh, a live migration is in progress, it does not choke the network and brings down your cluster or your workload. Um, Make sure you uh, have the recorded all the IP addresses for individual hosts and devices, so you have you can you have a clear map of every, where everything is. Very important, um, and make sure you have documented all these things like before. Um, other important thing is obviously configuring of the actual servers themselves. So make sure you have the right RAID configuration. If, whatever suits within your environment. Typically, you would have a RAID 5 or uh, a configuration or a mirror configuration for your host operating system, so it has the built-in redundancy, and then you would be having your workload sitting on SAN, so it has all built-in redundancies available. You'll have your 
Windows Server 2012. In this case, it says 2008 R2, but it should be 2012 R2 um, or Hyper-V. Now, Hyper-V uh, R2 is actually the free version of Hyper-V. It is a non-GUI-based uh, or graphical user interface-based um, operating system from Microsoft. Um, and Or you can run the full FAT Windows, but that would be the Windows Server with Hyper-V role added to it. Again, make sure you have all the hardware drivers and vendor tools installed. So if you are using some third-party tools to manage your infrastructure, make sure you have those all installed. Uh, all the SAN and the storage configurations are done. Install your your uh, set up your virtual networks within your uh, within the servers. And as before, make sure you are documenting everything so you can rely back onto it. Next part, which is what we're going to go cover more in detail today, is building the cluster. So make sure you have installed all the role, the Hyper-V role and the failover clustering role on the server. Uh, the, the, cluster is, the cluster is created and connected to each of the nodes. The validation tool has been run and the CSVs have been created. The validation tool uh, has been run is a very important step in this whole process because without this validation test, you cannot get support from Microsoft. They would require the validation report if you want to go back to them and ask for help on, on your failover cluster. Uh, other important part on the side of it, firewall settings. Quite often these get, these get ignored where people do everything and forgot to open up the right ports and later on down the track they keep scratching their head why are certain things not working. Obviously Windows have its own built-in firewall so make sure that is either turned off um, or have the right ports open depending on whatever your uh, environment standards are. Again, same thing goes for all the tool sets like I've mentioned before, RSAT, uh, which is all the management tools. So if you are using a third, third machine um, or workstation, make sure you have all the right tool sets installed there. And obviously the CVMM console installed. So before we go uh, into too much details on the rest of it, let's jump right into some of the uh, a quick demonstration of my environment, how I have set it up. And I'll show you quickly, first of all, and here it is. And guys, please make sure if you have any questions, prompt, and I'll try to answer them as much as I could. So this is my um, System Center Virtual Machine Manager 2012 R2 version I have installed here. I have a fair few hosts installed onto it, um, precisely four. Um, two is my physical server, which is actually running all these virtual machines, so I would not be touching it. I'll just leave it alone. The, the, these are the two, uh, Hyper-V host five and six are my virtual machine hosts. So we're, basically, we're running in a nested environment, and they are clustered already. Um, Hyper-V seven is the one which we are going to use as a demonstration um, piece in, in this demonstration today. On the left, we can see under the demo host host group, we have the two, uh, we have the Hyper-V cluster one with the two hosts, and they are running all in a healthy state. If I quickly jump onto these hosts to demonstrate it to you, they do have. If I go and remove roles and features, and quickly show to you that they do have the the right roles installed onto them, I can do it via PowerShell, but rather show you in the GUI. It has a Hyper-V role install, obviously, and it has the failover clustering role installed on it. What I have also done, if I 
uh, is if I fire up a file of a cluster manager, is this particular uh, cluster has been built um, outside of Virtual Machine Manager and then added into it. So the cluster itself has no rules running at the moment. Actually, there should be. Uh, yeah, there is none running on it. I thought I had one, but I deleted it. Uh, as you can see, they have the two Hyper-V5 and Hyper-V6. It has a plus a shared volume um, attached to it. Now, one thing I like to do all the time is um, name my resources in the right way. So my disks, for example, would be named after cluster and then whatever the cluster shared volume it would be. Uh, for people who have attended my first uh, sessions, uh, I have gone into great detail about what cluster shared volume is, so please refer to that. Uh, but in a very, very short summary, it is like a shared volume um, um, concept that was introduced in Server 2012, where multiple hosts can access the same cluster shared, uh, same storage, NTFS volume, at the same time without having the requirement of um, you know being able to get a complete lock over it. This particular disk would be available under, if I go to my C drive, and this would be on both the hosts, or as many cluster nodes there would be. Um, C cluster storage, th this would be mounted as uh, as a mount point. I have actually renamed it. This is also another good, good practice to do, so you can easily identify it for later. For now, just for test, we're only using 100 gig um, size for this cluster shared volume, but you could be in terabytes, obviously. Um, any networks, so I have two different networks. One is my Hyper-V and the other one is for cluster. And I have dedicated that for one of them just for cluster only and the other one for cluster and clients. So in other words, anything external of the cluster can access this network using this Hyper-V network. Um, and that would be my virtual machines, my management tools, my CVMM and all that. Obviously that you can see is using the one using the 192.168 IP address, whereas the cluster network is using the 10.00 network. Um, jumping back onto my virtual machine manager, I'll show you a quick demonstration on what exactly the properties of a um, cluster looks like. Obviously, you'll have the um, the general descriptions and things like that about the cluster. You'll have a high-level um, status information about it. Um, virtual machine manager uh, keeps a tab on the on the cluster and the host health on a regular basis. Um, then these you can check them right over here. At any time, if you want, you can actually go and refresh it, and I'll show you in a minute how you can do it. Um, I have actually run the cluster um, validation using the virtual machine manager, and I can actually always click on the link to open it up and see what is wrong with you. And given that this is a demo environment, I'm not too much fussed what is wrong with it, but in your real environment, obviously, um, you need to have all these things, or most of them as green ticks rather than these um, yellow exclamation marks. And I know most of them would be talking about is you do not have uh, done things in a certain way because obviously it's a demo environment and a lab environment. So please make sure of uh, that in, within your space. Um, the other thing what we can do is um, I have, and I'll show you this in uh, some down the track, you, I have actually added a, a nice SCSI storage to this virtual machine manager, and I can now add um, that to in here if I want to. So there is a 200 gig uh, 
disk available that I can assign to this cluster. I won't do it now. I'll do it to the other host later on. If I have any file share um, storage, I can add it here, which I don't, so I'll just leave it blank. Any shared volumes, which I have already added, the one that I just showed you before, which is already added to the cluster, is now available here and can, is visible. You can get, um, and that 200 gig disk is also available to be added if you want it to be. The other interesting thing is the virtual switches. Now, virtual switches, uh, again, something that I have discussed in, in uh, more detail in my previous demonstration, so please go and visit them. Um, you can actually add them. You, uh, these are like the equivalent of the distributed switches. So you actually apply, um, set up the settings um, in a centralized manner onto uh, Virtual Machine Manager and then push out those settings to individual hosts, and those would be created automatically for you. Um, you can even save some custom properties. So if you want to um, save some uh, custom information like um, your um, your business units, for example, or uh, any other reporting requirements that you may have, or if you have been given some some requirement by Microsoft that you can want to put those details in, or um, run certain script based on certain parameters, those things can be created and added in here within a custom property of the cluster, and same thing can be done for every host. Talking about the storage earlier on, I have added these. Um, Three different disks within the uh, within my uh, virtual machine manager using my Windows iSCSI NAS device, which you can see here. Um, obviously, you can create multiple tiering: um, gold, bronze, silver. I have created a third one called iSCSI. All of I have about three and a half terabytes worth of storage, and these of all of these are actually assigned. Uh, actually, two of them are already assigned um, to certain hosts. Um, before going too far, let's go quickly jump into what host is available. Our Hyper-V Server 7 is the one which is actually available for clustering. Um, if I can go and create a cluster out of it, that would be um, good. And let's try to do it quickly right here. Obviously, what you need to do first is um, uh, search that particular machine within your Active Directory, and this is one of the requirements for creating any cluster, not just Hyper-V, but any cluster, it has to be joined to Active Directory. Um, you have to use a Run As account. Now, this account would be one which actually has sufficient permission on um, ideally admin access on the hosts, as well as enough permissions to create cluster objects within Active Directory, and it can read it. I have created one and saved it, the credentials within my virtual machine manager. I will type in the host name, which is that, and I will actually quickly search it within the Active Directory. Now, because this is already added, it will just come up with a big red X, and I'm waiting for it to come up. I'm trying to do this as a um, quick demonstration for you. And will take time and then eventually bomb out. So instead of wasting time, let's go and show you how to create the cluster and then import it within um, within Virtual Machine Manager. So here is this particular host that I was talking about, which I just demonstrated to you. And within the um, server manager, oh, by the way, I have actually assigned the disks to this particular cluster, but I haven't 
um, run a scan on it. So if I CSICPL, which will start up my iSCSI initiator. Let me see if I can quickly connect to it. Oh, yes, I can. And there is a 500 gig disk available to it as well. It is a roll-on. It hasn't done anything to it. So I'll just bring it online, configure it, and give it a second. Initialize disk. And now MBR or GPT, if you're using a more than two terabyte LAN, always um, have to use GPT, otherwise MBR is good enough. So in this case, it's only 500 gig, I'll leave it to MBR. And just leave it there. Now proceed over to the cluster side, which is my failure cluster manager, under my server manager. I will again need to have enough access onto Active Directory to be able to create computer objects. Unless I do that, the cluster creation would fail. On the right-hand side, you can do click on that Create Cluster part. Most of you guys may already be familiar with this thing, but I'll just quickly show this to you for people who don't know this. Uh, you have to provide in the, um, the node names. In this case, I only have one because I'm just demonstrating it to you. I've already created a two-node cluster before, which I showed to you. Again, it is asking you to run the validation. I know that the validation would run, but it will skip a lot of them because it's only a single node cluster. But, and to save everyone's time, I will say no for now and proceed next with it. Next, you would be required to type in the cluster name. So if I go CLU002, and very important thing, make sure you copy or take a note of this cluster name. I have been caught out where my host name has only one zero and my cluster name has two zeros in the name. And I have went in, I have gone into virtual machine manager, tried to search for it, and then 10 minutes later, I'm still scratching my head, what's going wrong? It turns out I'm just missing a zero. So very important thing. You have to assign it a static name. I'll just pick up AIP. Um, randomly, just to see whatever is available. Make sure, before you assign it, it is not pinging. Yes, so I can use it. A very important thing to see. Um, eventually, it will turn out. So I'll just leave it for now. And proceed next with it. Now it will go and do its magic and try to create the cluster in the background for you. This would be um, the cluster creation side of it. The next you need to do is actually uh, configuring of the disk that we had, the 500 gig disk that we had um, uh, assigned to this um, this node before. So once the cluster creation finishes, which it should not take too long, given that we only have one node. Um, in the meanwhile, we'll jump back over to our virtual machine manager and check some settings on the actual host from the virtual machine manager point of view. The host, as you can see, you can, the first one you can see the, the details on the, the actual the hardware bits, how much RAM, CPU, things like that. Any status, everything is looking green, so fine from that side of it. Go through the hardware configuration. Yep, we are looking good. We haven't assigned any logical networks yet, which we will do later on. Um, 
any virtual machine parts or if you want to um, set up a state which is what we will do later on is I want to save all my virtual machines into C cluster storage and one of those the cluster shared volumes that I created before. The reason being that that virtual machine is then portable, it can be moved without disruption to another node and obviously then I'm using most of my iSCSI storage rather than my um, high latency local storage. So that is another idea. Any reservations that you want to put onto this host, you can define here, but I would, I'm not going to do that. At the moment, because the host hasn't, the virtual machine manager hasn't gone through and seen that new disks that have been assigned to it, it, it hasn't, um, it has, it's not showing as an iSCSI area yet. It will do that later on. Again, any virtual switches that I have created, um, I can add them here, which I'll do in a minute. Um, any migration, um, I haven't turned the live migration on yet. Again, something I'll do later on. And any, um, at the moment, it's running on the default placement paths. For any maintenance windows, you can add them here. Um, that, uh, and I haven't defined them in my environment because there is no real need. But for example, Sunday, 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., you assign as a window, and that means this server can be rebooted and can be managed. Um, can be uh, many maintenance that can be required on this host can be done during this time automatically using the virtual machine manager. And like before, any custom properties that you want to save, you can create them here. We'll go back quickly and see how our cluster is doing, and it looks like it is done. So we'll quickly go in and configure the rest of it. Hyper-V cluster 2. As we know, there are no rules running on it yet. There's only one node. And it hasn't added any disk yet. So let's go and quickly add that 500 gig disk. And there we go. 500. Got added. Always a good practice to rename it. That's why I copied the name, underscore one So that way I can figure it out straight away. Now one thing you'll see is if you go back to the C drive, that one will, this particular disk will be mounted as volume one in C cluster storage. Uh, haven't been done yet because the question, the, this is a question, a trick question for everyone. Why is that not done yet? because I haven't added it to cluster shared volume. If I do it now, which is just by right-clicking to the disk, add to cluster shared volume, and in a second it will become available. Oops, it's complaining about something. Let's see what it is. Because it is not suitable, it does not have any partitions, or, or obviously. I haven't actually formatted it. So let's do a quick formatting of the disk. Um, I would not assign any raw values. And this is one thing that I mentioned before. Hardware preparation is very important, guys, in that checklist. Uh, and as you can see, I fail to prepare means I prepare to fail. Um, that particular disk wasn't formatted. One little small glitch, but it could mean a lot within your um, in your preparation time if you've been on your project timelines. Um, CS um, and I'll Always format the disk with 64K. That is a recommended one if you're hosting virtual machines on it. Um, we'll take 30 seconds to do it. 
and that's fine. It will give you some because I have jumped the gun and that's why I'm getting all these errors. It, it's all perfectly okay. If I go back and try to add it again. Um, add to cost of storage. Oops. No. You know what? I'll do it the long way, which is remove, and then try to do it again. Bring it online. Format 64K. Leave everything default. Yes. And now it should work straight away. Another example, like I showed before. Um, simple stuff, but you know, saves your time later on. And it's ready now. So if I go back and go at disk, it's available. Perfect. Add to cluster shared volume, and within seconds, it will be available now. And as I promised, NC cluster storage, it is actually marked as volume one. So what I will do here quickly is rename as CS3001, apply just so I'm able to identify it easily, and I'll do the same here too, CS3001. Now always do this part, the renaming of the mount point, please make a note of this. Always do it while the disk is empty. Do not do it once you have the workload hosted on it because this will cause failure on those um, these uh, virtual machines. So this is the preparation steps before you put any workload onto this thing. All right, any network settings that you have, configure them right now. Um, now, it looks like I have to, yep, looks like they are configured correctly. I'll just have to rename them, Hyper-V, and this one would be my cluster. Done, I am ready. Now let's jump back onto my WinServer 001, which is my virtual machine manager. And now what I'll try to do is actually add this or import this particular cluster into my virtual machine manager. Now, remember, we're using the host. It should have enough access. Uh, in my case, it has. Um, always use the cluster name now, because we already have added the host, and that will result in things turning out. So, uh, and there you go. I'll paste it. Makes it easy. And give it 20 seconds. There you go. Now, this can sometimes fail, and the reason being, if I jump back and um, show you the name, the roles, oops, the clusters. If this particular resource, the cluster name, is down, and meaning the cluster hasn't registered itself in DNS, if it if it is on offline, VMM would not be able to find it within Active Directory, and that means this particular step will fail. So please go back and double check if this you're having some issues here. I'll just quickly select it. Move on to next one. Make sure you assign it to the right host group. Um, again, people who may have missed my previous one, uh, they can go back and double check. But in a very short summary, what a host group is, is a logical segregation of hosts. So you can actually assign permissions or put them into, um, um, into logical groups, similar to what you have in virtual uh, in vCenter, which is data center. Not exactly the same, but similar concept, kind of concept, 
where uh, similar looking hosts are placed into one logical unit. For example, there are production hosts and lab hosts, production hosts or BR hosts, things like that. This means the workload can be easily transferred between them and you can have the live migration, with a seamless live migration um, between the, the hosts within the same, um, um, same host group. So I'll, I'll still add it within this um, the same demo host um, host group and reassociate with uh, this particular host with VMM environment. Now I don't need to do it, but I'll still do it just for the sake of it. And click finish, let it run through this whole thing. Now it takes a few minutes. And there you go, as you can see, host is already added. Uh, so I should have actually not checked that box. Um, Okay, what is it complaining about? It is saying that all not all the nodes can be contacted and highly available storage is not available. Okay, why is it doing that? I my guess is it is still waiting for everything to settle down with an active directory. Oh, this time I would not go and check the box. And just leave it to demo host. Let's see what happens. All right, I'm pretty sure this one would work. The host is already added, so that's why it's failing. Yes. Um, the cluster hasn't been, so that would get added. I'm pretty sure. And it will take a few minutes. In the meanwhile, I'll also show you with regards to adding the, and this is the step I would do next, um, adding any virtual switches. I have already added one, but what I'll do um, is show you exactly where I added those virtual switches to this particular um, cluster. I actually went within the each individual cluster node and went to the virtual switches tab, added the new uh, click on the new virtual switch and clicked on the new logical switch. So I have created a logical switch and these one would, would be the only ones that are available and you have already created them beforehand. You have to choose which particular adapter or adapters this one, this logical switch would bind to and any uplink port profile that you need to assign it to. Now in my environment I only have you know single individual mix but in an ideal environment, you'll have a, a teamed environment, uh, a teamed setup for net, network uh, network cards. What you would do in that case is um, create a, um, a, uh, a teamed environment from over here. So you can add those um, adapters and, and create and cre using those virtual network adapters, you'll actually create a teamed adapter out of it. That's where you have the built-in redundancy within your environment. Um, and as I said before, looks like the host has been added. Um, it says job failed because that's what the previous job had, adding the host itself. But the cluster itself is now available. It's overcommitted, obviously, because it doesn't have enough RAM onto it. Uh, as I mentioned before, the cluster validation has not been run. I can run it now. Um, so what I'll do is quickly um, kick it off click the cluster validation by just right clicking and validate cluster. It's running in the background. I'll let it run. Um, and in the meanwhile, I will show you what is available. 
any available storage while I can create any new logical unit, which I, in this case I don't have. But if I had more of those disks available, I can add them here. Uh, shared volume, if you can see now, it is that 500 gig that we had added before. Um, we haven't created any virtual switches, but let's go and do it now. Um, so if I go properties on the actual host and virtual switches, I'll create a new logical switch and pick up the right um, um, right network card. In this case, it would be the workload, and I will click OK. Now, this will go ahead and cause some disruption on that workload um, um, network. So, ideally, you would not be using this. Uh, this particular cluster would not be in any um, in, in service. Um, there was one other thing that I wanted to show you is, and that was um, adding workload to this particular cluster. So all, all I know Hyper-V Cluster 2 is still being validated and all that. What I can do in the meanwhile is actually create a workload, a, a demo workload onto cluster 1. So what I will do is quickly jump to the VM and services um, tab or workspace, which is the right term for it. And I'll create a service or a virtual machine. Now, service is more like a collection of virtual machines. So if you have um, a web server with a middleware and a database um, uh, layer, like three different virtual machines, you can add that as a service. That means restarting, the, the, it would be the, the three virtual machines or multiple virtual machines would be treated as one container. Restarting, um, the, the whole thing would be restarted in a given pattern. So, for example, in this case, your SQL services or your database would come online first, then your middleware, then your web services, um, and the failover would happen uh, in that same order, or, or in the reverse order, I should say. And that's what a service would be. In this case, I'm creating a virtual machine. I have a test one, but let me create another one just for this demonstration. I can use an existing virtual machine, which I have, um, a Windows 7 machine or any of them. Um, but what I'll do is actually instead of using th that, which would take forever because obviously it's uh, like about 60 gig in size and that would get uploaded to the cluster shared volume, I'll create a blank one for now. Um, customize uh, demo PC001 and generation 1 or generation 2 again. To, to get more details on Gen 1, Gen 2 VMs, please refer to my previous posts um, or on my blog or, or previous presentations within vBrownBag where I've dis discussed uh, in detail about what they are. Um, <coughs> I will actually, you'll have to actually provide what kind of capability you are running within your cloud. Now, at the moment, we haven't configured cloud. We'll do that in a later demonstration. Uh, but essentially, if you are running a heterogeneous environment, not just Hyper-V, you can actually use Virtual Machine Manager to manage your Zen servers or ESX servers. Um, in my environment, I'm using only Hyper-V for now, so I'll just click on Hyper-V. Any extra processes that you want to assign, I'll just go two processes with um, 512 worth of RAM. Uh, fixed or dynamic, so what, thin provision, thick provision, that's the answer. Um, if you have already got a templated virtual hard disk. You can attach that here right now. Um, I, would al I always like to name them as OS rather than just disk one. Oh, not disk, disk. One day I'll know how to spell. 
Um, any DVDs or any medias that you want to add, I would leave it for now. Um, okay, this is another important one. Which particular network would you be attaching it to be? Uh, now, in this case, I'll just attach it to the external vSwitch because that I know it is working and operational. Um, and any port classification that you have assigned. Um, I'll, the port classification that I've created for this demonstration was demo PC, so I'll just add it to that. Um, because I haven't got any, um, because I'm not using uh, a template, I cannot assign a static pool, and I haven't actually even configured a static IP pool, so I can't use it. So we'll leave it to dynamic. Now this is an important one. Um, at the moment, the, the virtual machine is only available as normal. It's not highly available. You have to make it highly available. That means it would be sitting on C cluster storage. Another thing over here is availability set. Now availability set is more like um, um, like a tag that you would put on to a virtual machine, which will indicate to the under the virtual machine manager and the underlying host that this machine has to be available and it can uh, and it is in working in conjunction with other virtual machines. So, for example, you will have two domain controllers. How would you make sure that they are not all, you know, hosted onto one? Um, one host, which means if that particular host dies, your whole domain control environment is dead. So availability set is the same concept where you would go ahead and um, apply those settings and then it, the virtual machine manager will ensure that not all the sections within availability set are rebooted at the same time or, or non-available at the same time. Um, at the moment, secure boot is enabled. That is a feature for Windows 8.1 and 2012 R2 onwards. Um, I'll just leave it as normal. Any any priorities or reservations that you want to put in for this VM, you can put here. Any NUMA node settings that you want to do, again, you can perform here. I'll just leave them as default. Uh, and same for the um, for the memory weight. In fact, I can actually uh, once I have created this particular VM, I will I can save this uh, these details as um, as hardware profiles and with the VM profile, and then later on I can use that to clone those virtual machines and create them in a much quicker way than I'm doing right now. You can intend, uh, you can choose the um, a particular um, host group that it would be hosted on. Obviously, I'll just go with demo host. It'll go ahead and scan on all these um, um, all these um, hosts that are available, and then. Um, uh, you know, provide you the answer. Like um, now, obviously, as you can see, we are running in a in a virtual environment, and that's why um, it's complaining about it's overcommitted. There's not enough memory. Um, the processor is greater than. Oh, I don't have enough CPU available. So let me go and just change those settings. Uh, I'll make it single CPU with only 128 gig of RAM, just to get it. Um, not that we're going to power it on. Uh, we should be okay on this one. It's not okay. Again, it's complaining about not enough memory being available, and I guess that is one of those things that um, is a bit of constraint within a virtualized environment. To demonstrate it, to the, this was a process how to do it, but I have already created a test VM for you, which is actually running on the um, on the Hyper-V cluster one. And it has all those 
strain setting is enabled. Uh, and obviously, this is where all your 512 meg of RAM are gone. That's why the other machine can't be turned on. Um, and the machine itself, at the moment, is not highly available. Um, and that's one of those things. Availability is normal. So I'll have to make this one is um, highly available. Uh, I should have done it, but I haven't done it yet. So this was a quick demonstration on uh, managing the, the cluster. And in the meanwhile, what we can also do is check the properties within the fabric space of this cluster and see what was the result of our uh, status of our report. And there it is, succeeded with warnings. Obviously, it's a single node cluster, so most of the uh, tests were skipped. And that's what happens when you have only one node. Uh, but the important thing is once you add multiple nodes, most of these should be green and there should be definitely no reds. Um, before you get any support from Microsoft, you have to go and fix them. And they are coming green here because they have been skipped. I know it for, from experience. So this was a quick demonstration on how to create a Hyper-V cluster outside of Virtual Machine Manager. And you can do the same thing within the Virtual Machine Manager using uh, create Hyper-V cluster option. The process would be pretty much similar. It will ask you to run the validation. It will ask you to uh, add those extra um, disks to it. But you will be, you'll still need to go back and configure a few things within the failover cluster manager. So that's why I chose the path of demonstrating to you uh, via the failover cluster manager rather than just do it from here. But uh, overall, the process would be quite similar. So here is a quick here was a quick demonstration on creating the failover cluster for Hyper-V. Um, this is the time where I would like to ask for, you know, invite any questions that you guys may have. Jumping back onto the, my, um, my presentation, which is, I believe, that one. Nope, wrong window. Are you able to see the right one? Uh, still waiting for it to come up. There we go. Okay. Uh, better? Okay. Um, okay. This is what are some of the uh, some of the details on virtual machine managers for people who have missed out. So I have just put them here, but they can always uh, refer back to my previous demonstrations where I have gone into a lot more details about these things. Again, a lot more uh, useful links and study resources that you would uh, want to refer to for not only for this particular uh, demonstration, but anything with, uh, with Windows Server or Hyper-V. Uh, make sure you can get onto the practice labs. Um, Microsoft uh, um, Virtual Academy has, is a good place to actually go through and um, read a lot about these demonstrations. Uh, always, if you, want, uh, if you want to set up a lab environment for yourself, um, download a copy of Windows 2012 R2 evaluation from the above link. Same for the, um, for the, um, on the if you want to get a list of all the Hyper-V features that are available to you right now, here's a link. And or, or, or this is an, uh, the, the, the TechNet article that I've mentioned here. It is for 2008, uh, but a lot of those um, um, points mentioned here are actually valid for 2012 R2 as well. 
Uh, obviously, there is a lot of MVP community out there, and these two people, uh, Aiden Finn and Thomas Muir, that I follow personally, um, I would suggest them, uh, and I highly recommend um, to refer to their blogs for more information as well, as well as my own blog at itninja.com.au. Uh, so, guys, this is this is what uh, we had uh, in today. If you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to reach me out. Right over to you, buddy. All right, thank you very much, Pravesh. Uh, that uh, wraps up our presentation for today. So, again, if you want to follow Pravesh on uh, Twitter or ask him any questions, I'll just flick. You know, if you can just. Flick back to his original slide because that's got your handle on it, doesn't it? Yep, that's what I'm doing right now. Yep. And Professor's blog also has a lot of Hyper-V information on it as well, which is it-ninja.com. Uh, .au. Uh, .com.au, there we go. Um, we've just got a black screen on your presentation. Oh, so. okay. Sorry. Uh, I thought I had it up and running. There we go. There it is. Pravesh K yeah. 2012. So if you have any questions, just jump on there and ask Pravesh, and I'm sure he'll be happy to answer them. So once again, this, was, this is a V Brown Bag APAC uh, presentation, and we'll see you next time.